When you really do the math, your customers can literally double your revenue every five years without having a net new. It changes the ball game that we're all playing. So I think that's one. And the second one is ROI. That's the second acronym that I want people to really, really dive in. The B2B Marketing Exchange brings together B2B marketing and sales practitioners from across the country to get the latest tools and tips they need to succeed. Now, we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. I'm Claudia Tarico, And I'm Kelly Lindenow. And this is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the B2B MX Podcast. I really hope you're all having an awesome summer so far. I know we are. And of course, we're really busy because we're getting closer and closer to the B2B Sales and Marketing Exchange in Boston. So if you haven't gotten a ticket yet, why wait? Head over to our show notes, get your discount, get that reg code, and we will see you in Boston. And while we're on the topic of B2B SMX, we have a very, very special guest on the show today. And he just so happens to be a speaker at the upcoming event. And not just any type of speaker. He will actually be delivering a campfire session on the first day of the event to really kick things off with a bang. Yes, I'm so excited. This is going to be our second ever campfire session. We did the first one in Arizona, of course, at B2B MX. So yeah, it's going to be a really good one. And to be honest, our guest really doesn't need an introduction. He is no stranger to the B2B MX podcast. He's no stranger to the B2B MX events. So drum roll, please. Our special guest today is the one and only Sangram Vajre. He was the co-founder of Terminus. He's the host of the Flip My Funnel podcast, host of the Peak Community. He's an author. The list goes on and on and on. And now he is actually, I don't want to say back on the scene, but he's on the scene again with a new venture that we will discuss shortly. So Sangram, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a minute. <laughs> Rod Kelly, so good to see you both. And so excited to be part of B2BMX, B2BSMX, all of it, and especially I hope everybody listening in recognizes that the contributions you guys are driving to for the community to get them thinking further and in the future is phenomenal. And I'm great to be a participant of it. Thank you so much, Sangram. We're so excited for it all. And of course, to have you back in Boston with us. So first things first, what have you been up to lately? You know what we're doing. What are you doing? Well, as you said, I'm back on the scene. I've built companies before and this go around, I had this realization is like, I don't want to build a SaaS startup. Now that might be news to many is like, whoa, everybody wants to do that. But it just made me feel like, you know, I feel very blessed that I got to do some things that most people would want to do in their life is start company from zero, build it, get acquired and all those things. And I want to dedicate the next decade of my life to helping and figuring out how do other companies can do the same because I got to do it twice. So that's what we did. We said, well, let's build this idea of go-to-market partners. And so it happens. Go-to-market is the next new big thing that everybody's talking about. So it feels, again, just like the marketing automation days and the ABM days and the GTM. It feel like right place, right time. I'm super grateful for it. Absolutely. That. It's so awesome. So just to give our listeners a little bit of background on go-to-market partners, it is a brand new data-driven go-to-market analyst firm. 
And like we mentioned earlier, you are the co-founder and the CEO. So can you tell us all about it, how it came to fruition, what's on the agenda, what are your biggest goals for the year as CEO? Hit us with all that good stuff. Well, this community is also no stranger to the incredible serious decisions in Topa, right? They were the two really mid-market analyst firm that shaped a lot of what we see in B2B. I feel a lot of us have remnants of the people and all the things that they have done. And in 2018, they got acquired by Forrester and Gartner. And I think that the market just didn't really, it almost created a void. I mean, they did a phenomenal job of it. So those are shoes we are truly trying to fill in. We want to be the go-to-market analyst firm for the mid-market companies, specializing in go-to-market And I'll tell you a quick story of how it all came about. When the book came out, it became a Wall Street Journal bestseller, and and there was a lot of inbound conversations I was having. I'm like, okay, I'll go do consulting for a little bit. Figured out I'm a horrible consultant. The consultant that a good consultant would keep hours, track the number of things you're doing, make sure that you're delivering on a proper pace. But I'm an operator. I'm a founder. I like to get things done. I like to move things fast. So we signed a contract with somebody for a year and we delivered everything in 30 days. And we thought we did a great job. And they're like, well, thanks for being here now that you've done this, do all of this because our contract is for one year. So we ended up doing so much more for it. So we just figured out we are horrible consultants. So what we need to be doing is something that will be more of an advisory, building new frameworks to the marketplace, identifying what are the top go-to-market problems they're solving. And as we started doing that, like just give us so much joy. It feels like that's our calling right now to do it. So that's what we're doing. We're helping companies understand their go-to-market challenges, and we're trying to help them fix it. Awesome. And on top of all of that, you are still a go-to-market advisor at your old company, Terminus. So could you tell us what that's been like? And most importantly, how do you find time to sleep or breathe or eat with so much going on in your life? (laughs) Well, it is harder, especially now that the summer has kicked in and the kids are around. I put a photo of my daughter peeking into the door at 9 a.m. in the morning, and she's like, I'm up. I don't know why you're talking to other people when we should be talking. And like, I'm like, I'm trying to think like, what response do I give her that would she would understand and value? Like, yeah, like, you know, I'm still I have a job. Like I still am trying to build this thing. What's interesting is I do learning from Terminus. I did get burnout in the early days of Terminus. I've shared this like I almost was on a brink of divorce in the early days of Terminus because I just was so gunning at what needs to be happened that didn't really fully recognize what's really the most important thing. So I think God has given me a second chance at this. And so I, and with the team, I'm trying to do it differently and better. So I have certain things that I do every day, but starting Friday night, all the way to Sunday after church, my phone is not even with me. Like, so it doesn't even give me a chance to get there or look at anything or do that. And that has really helped me to slow down. The working days are really busy. Like I'll be honest, like I have 17 sales calls, for example, this week. So I know the week is very busy. But I think I'm starting to play, not there yet, but starting to make sure that there's truly not a balance, but a focus rather on work when I'm working and when I'm not working, focus on it. It's hard. It's not easy. But I think second go around, there are definitely some lessons that I'm practicing. I love that. And it's all something that we should all be kind of, like you said, focused on and really have that eye on the prize is really to keep that focus and to make time for some of the fun stuff, you know, and I love that you're taking the weekends off to really be with your family and stuff like that. We could all learn from that so much. I want to go back to go to market partners because I read your philosophy is, is that the industry doesn't have a marketing problem and we don't have a sales problem or a CS problem. 
we have a go-to-market problem. So tell me how that philosophy came about. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? And what are some of the big pain points in the industry, in the go-to-market industry today as well? Well, that's going to be on a t-shirt. By the time we come to BDB SMX, we'll have a t-shirt printed with that exact mantra. Good. I need one of those. (laughs) You know, this has really been interesting. I ran, taking this few steps back, in the late 2000s, I was running marketing at Pardot, right? So I was at the beginning of the marketing automation movement, then started Terminus, so really beginning of the ABM movement. And now with go-to-market partners, we're also at the beginning of GTM. So I feel like I've seen three mega trends in our industry that really have shaped all the things that we all do right now. And what's been really interesting about all three of them, when you start thinking each one of them, go-to-market and ABM, in each one, I thought, oh, Maybe it's a marketing problem. Marketing automation really solves that. Like, so marketers can be better and smarter. Then the reason ABM was started for me personally was because I thought sales didn't know what they do. It was a sales problem. They get all these leads. They don't convert. Maybe you should work on accounts. So I thought sales didn't know what they do. And I used to subscribe to that. Well, marketing is moving forward. That's why we called it ABM. And sales need to start focusing on it together. And and really was in that world. And then I, as we built Terminus, I realized that sometimes we had churn issues. And I thought, well, CS team doesn't know what they're doing. They don't know how to retain customers. Let's find that new sales CS team that can solve the problem. All along, I was so wrong. Like, I mean, I'm sharing that in complete transparency mm-hmm. that I felt like I knew go to market. And now that I've written a book and spent almost a decade through all of this, I realized that I couldn't be more wrong. It is truly a go-to-market problem. We all are pointing fingers at each other, but none of us can individually solve the challenges that we have. I'll give you an example of it. We did a study, and the study now is over 1,000. We run it every month. So over 1,000 people have responded to this. There are 15 bespoke go-to-market problems that we have identified, 15. There, I haven't found a 16th one yet. If you find out, you know, we'll add it to it, but I haven't found that yet. And some of the problems are simply this. Your churn is killing your business or you can't prioritize and say no to new initiatives because you don't know where the market is or you're struggling to go from a product company to a platform company or you're heavily discounting and it's eroding your value prop. These are some of the most common go-to-market problems, but a lot of times they're disguised into a marketing problem or a sales problem and you can't solve the problem like that. Maybe the churn is killing your business because you're working on the wrong ICP. You may have the wrong customer. Maybe you're going in the wrong market. So the solution to the problem could be solved somewhere else. The CS can do nothing about that. So that's our realization. And that's our focus with go-to-market partners is that if we all came down to this thing and saying we have a go-to-market problem and we all act as business leaders who specialize in all of our whatever functions we have, we will be able to solve a business problem together. And I think that's a lot more fun than pointing fingers. Awesome. And I mean, you you basically just answered my next question. Like any tips to alleviate some of those challenges? You did kind of allude to it, but what can you say right now? Like, all right, we have those 15 common go-to-market problems. Obviously, we're not going to talk all about them today because I don't want to spoil anything, but you know, we will be mentioning them at B2B SMX. But if you had to kind of give that first major tip, especially in this like sketchy economic climate, so many budget cuts, people are being laid off. There's so much going on. Any advice that you would give to either alleviate 
the common challenges or just alleviate any kind of like pain points in this climate that marketers are facing today? Yeah, I'd say really two acronyms for that one. One is, and hopefully everybody has heard that, is NRR. Really, really focus on your net revenue retention in a big way. Data point, again, as an analyst firm, we're looking at all of this and data a lot. And I wonder if Claudia or Kelly, you have heard this before. Like it was shocking to me. And again, I'm an operator, build companies, but I never really thought about this. If you have 120% NRR, you can double your business every five years without adding a single net new customer. Think about that for a second. No new demand, no new leads, no new funnel optimization, no new MQLs and SQLs and whatnot, but you can double your business five years if you have 120% NRR. You know, you, you start thinking about that and saying that, wait a minute, so then everything I do to bring, like, maybe should I rethink, right? And that's a go-to-market thing. I'm curious what you think about that. I think it's fascinating, honestly. I have heard snippets of of something like that in the past where it's just like, you don't really, you don't need to acquire new customers. Just keep the customers you have, keep them happy. Retention is a big thing. I mean, we might have spoken about this before too. So I believe it. I absolutely believe it, especially in this day and age too. Like if you build that trust and that relationship with that company and that customer, then you should be golden, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's hard. It's hard and people don't know because we are all getting asked, like as a marketer, if you're listening to this and you're in marketing, you probably are spending 70% of your time getting net new leads as opposed to net new conversations as opposed to if imagine if you actually spend, if that is true and if we all believe in it, then you should spend 70% of your time with your customers to understand what do we do with them? How do we expand within those And that is the part, I think philosophically, we all have talked about retention is the new acquisition, which is is something you and I probably have talked about. Yes, that was it, it. yep. But it never crystallized for me in an actual data point. And now I feel like there's a data point to say, whoa, when you really do the math, your customers can literally double your revenue every five years without having a net new. It changes the ball game that we're all playing. So I think that's one. And the second one is ROI. That's the second acronym that I want people to really, really dive in. We found out in our research that customers do not trust any of the vendors that put any of the ROI information out there. Probably not shocking for anybody, but it's it's a data point now from a research. What it means is when somebody says, we got 400% revenue growth for our customers, nobody believes that. Everybody knows that either you're lying or you don't really know and you're measuring up differently. And so it's actually a bad thing. Nobody's trusting that. Instead, what we're finding out is that there's a better way to talk about this. So Vidyard, for example, one of our customers, when we look at their data and we're helping them think about ROI, we found out that within three months, 94% of their customers see value in the product. Well, that's a better stat to use in your first call deck to say that, hey, within three months, you're going to see value from the product. That's what our 94% of our customers see. Give it a shot. If it doesn't work, we'll know in less than three months. Now, that's believable. That's something that you can give it a shot for, right? Like, And that's what we want companies to start thinking about. Start talking what people believe. The whole days of, you know, you remember those videos that used to pop up on Facebook and YouTube where this guy is on a beach with a back beach area showing a video saying, hey, I just made a million dollars. Come yes. join. thing." And get... <laughs> those videos are gone, right? You know, people are like, no, I want to trust the process. I want to understand. I want to create more efficient. I want to grow responsibly. So, Our vocabulary has changed, so our way of talking about ROI has to be changed. 
but none of the companies are doing that right now. Our majority are not doing it. That's a big problem. Yeah. And honestly, at the end of the day, when you're spending more time with your customers, you're obviously learning from them. You're getting to know them. You're collecting all of that information. And that could really help in the future, whether it's with retention or getting those net new customers as well. Because now you know what your audience is looking for, what challenges they're experiencing, and, and what you could offer them. You know, I'd even further, I love what you just said, Claude, because and I'm going to call you Claude now because I think that's, I, I call you Claude. And I <laughs> yeah, we're Claude besties like, now. Yeah, we're, we're, besties. we're besties now. <laughs> Talk the same language. I'll take it one step further. If you are not talking to your customer who has paid you and using your product and trying to test it out, if you're not talking to your customer, guess what? Somebody else is. And that's a very scary place to be right now when you think about retention and anything. So customers paid the money. If you're not spending time with them and people need to put that I have on my calendar Friday, every Friday, I have literally have a block of time where all I'm doing is just reaching out to customers, talking to them with the CEOs that we serve. I have a monthly call with just the CEO for 20 minutes on just checking in, seeing what's going on with the business. So see where it's a mindset that people have to jump in and do that. If you're not doing it, somebody else is doing it. And that's the reason for you to do it. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Absolutely. And now I am going to take things over to the B2B Sales and Marketing Exchange. We are super excited to have you back in Boston with us. And you are actually hosting our second ever campfire session. And these sessions are designed to be super fun and interactive. So can you give us just a little taste of what you have in store for our attendees? Oh, we! I am so excited. We have never done this before too, right? Like, so we are excited to give everybody at B2B SMX really an exclusive way of experiencing this. We have done it on a one-on-one basis, but not at the scale and at the level. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So the research we talked about that unveiled those 15 go-to-market problems, we're going to bring that to life. And we're going to use some of those questions based on, we'll do a poll before, we'll figure out where everybody's thinking, what are their top go-to-market problems, based on where the audience wants to go, we will literally dive in those go-to-market problems and really give them a framework and a playbook to solve for it. So our hope and goal with that session is going to be where people are going to not only internalize what the problem is and verbalize it and understand, because the step number one is to know that we got problem and what problem do we have? And then really see a framework that says, okay, if I use this framework in this way, I can get to an answer. You may not get to the answer right then and there, but you know the path to get there. So that's our goal with this campfire session. We are super pumped about it. That's awesome. I mean, and honestly, now that you're like, you're saying it out loud, it's like the price of the ticket is enough just for that one session. So like, I can't express enough why everybody should be at B2B SMX be there on day one to really kick things off with Sangram during this campfire. And we'll really kind of use that as that big umbrella piece for the event. So we are so excited and we're really looking forward to like seeing it all come to life. Well, what we are thinking about this is really create printouts that people could literally take it, do some work on it right then and there. And really like a lot of times people go to conferences and they're like, yeah, I got inspired, but I didn't know if I had anything practical. Our goal is going to be make it so practical that not only they will be inspired to solve the problem, but they will have practical ways to go and address it, hopefully through the conference itself. But if not, the following week when they go and sit with their team. So it's going to be 
So I'm so jazzed about this. I love it. I love it. Good. We are too. We cannot wait. But also at the show, we're going to have so many sessions on artificial intelligence. It continues to be this huge topic in the space. So could you just share some of your initial thoughts and expectations on what AI can do to help B2B marketing and sales professionals? This is a big topic. I'm not going to lie. I still don't understand any of it. So anytime we could talk and I learn a little more, I'm all for it. So tell us. Chat GPT and it will tell you all about it, right? Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so let me just bust a couple of myths on it because I think that's really the problem here. AI is not taking jobs. AI is not creating like, oh, we're going to write blogs. AI is going to do all that stuff. The creativity of human mind is not going to be taken over by a bot. It's just not going to happen. It's going to make some jobs easier and you should look forward to it. You should embrace it. Just like ABM, I remember, Claude, you probably remember as in the early days, people were like so hesitant to even ABM, which is just a strategy to focus on the right accounts. It's not complicated. But it was still, everybody's like, no, 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 we need leads and account is going to like change. No, you got to learn to embrace change in the way it comes. The myth that has been propagated that's making people scared about is that, whoa, it's going to take jobs and think, well, it's going to take the jobs that don't require jobs. Like, so that's a good thing, right? None of us want to go and and dig a well to get water, right? You know, there is a reason why we have pipes out there. So it's good. But there's creativity that's going to come out of it is huge. So by the time we have this event, we're going to have a whole, I'm probably going to include maybe some of the AI information in there because we're doing a whole research around what type of AI is marketing and sales, what gaps they're filling in. And here's what I'm really excited about. There is a huge difference between generative AI, which is what ChatGPT and all of those things is, and you, and, and then the product-oriented AI that is coming out. So an example of that is, What if you just voice activated all your sales conversation that gets logged into your CRM and creates the marketing automation email that needs to go out and you look at it and you approve it and send it out? 80% of what our data suggests that 80% of the time the salespeople are not logging any of this information in their CRM and therefore it clogged. Well, that's a problem that we all have been facing for over a decade now. So if AI can solve that problem where your CRM is up to date, if you can get that information out in timely manner and it updates all the data points so you can run reports of it, you should be excited about it. So the solutions to the AI, the the things that AI is going to solve are problems like that, that has been plaguing us to stop being the most creative one we are. So I'm excited for that topic as well. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just, it'll make your job easier versus taking your job, right? And it'll give you more time to do all the fun stuff, all the stuff that you actually signed up for to do your job. So it's going to be really, really awesome. Are you seeing anything else, whether it's, you know, with AI machine learning or even like intent data or anything like that, or maybe you're applying it yourself to really kind of power the future of revenue generation and, and just in general, bring more relevance and value value to this modern buyer's journey? I think I'm personally, I'm seeing a whole bunch. I'm testing a whole bunch of technologies right now. And some of them, like I'm skeptical about some of them, like it doesn't need to even exist. And yeah. but there's what I'm finding at the broadest, at the macro level. We're going to probably have, we're literally looking at the data on this thing and we have a partnership with G2 so we can look at the data on intent on what what's going on. Market, if, if you know, if I, if somebody is watching this, I'm, I'm just drawing a line graph in it. Marketing automation, when it came on board, it was slanted up, right? It was going up. When ABM came to sin, it was faster adoption and moving up to the right. With AI, it is not even a hockey stick. It's literally straight line up. 
Like all of a sudden, everybody is in it. What that means is it's going to be a very fast adoption, very fast engagement on it. So the one word I would give everybody to think about is just embrace. Don't fight it. It is not a fight that people need to get. And I'm hearing that from CEOs right now, from CMOs right now, from marketing leaders right now. They're all, everybody's like trying to fight it. And I don't get it. You need to embrace it and recognize, well, how, don't ask why, start asking how. That's my giveaway. Like, don't ask why, ask how, because the why is that, well, it's, it's already there. You're, you're way behind on the why. Why people have already answered that. Ask the how question. How do I use it to drive my business forward? And I think there are beautiful answers that will come out this quarter and next. Very, very cool. All right, um, we're coming down to the wire. Let's get some final thoughts. What else are you looking forward to at B2B SMX? What's next for you from now until Boston or even after Boston? And then we have a fun little treat at the end of this show. <laughs> All right, well, two things. One is personal and one is out there. One personal is like, you know, my son is turning a teenager. So like, that's a big deal next week. So we're all going to go to our favorite place, Hilton Head, spend some time over there. So I'm really looking forward to that at a personal level. On the work world and the business side, I'm really excited about what we're thinking about is really launching this go-to-market operating system. You remember the demand waterfall that became and changed the way for the business that we all live in and the world we live in. Uh, you think about even the topo double funnel that allowed SDR and how all of that worked. We believe you're bringing the go-to-market operating system. So I'm really excited to see how it gets perceived in the marketplace, how people adopt it, how companies change as a result of implementing it. So I'm really excited and bullish on that one. So those are the two things that I'm really excited about. Sounds super fun. You have, of course, I mean, you have a busy life, but it sounds like you're going to have a busy summer as well. So... Awesome. I'm really excited to watch it all unfold. I know you're big on LinkedIn and, and you love sharing all your stories. So it's always fun to see you do all that fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And while we are on the topic of fun stuff, I am super excited that we are bringing back our spinning wheel of questions. <laughs> For those of you who are not in the loop about it, we debuted this wheel at the B2B Marketing Exchange in Arizona and we actually had it during the cocktail hour. So unfortunately, while we do not have cocktails right now, I still think we'll get some pretty good answers out of Sangram. <laughs> yep. So with that, let's get to the wheel. And it lands. It looks cool. Oh, we have a little confetti going on. So yeah. it is question number 10. And that is one of my favorite ones because it's a little controversial. Ooh. Do you think there's any aspects of traditional B2B marketing that are overrated? Well, yeah, totally is. I think content is overrated. Everybody wants to talk about content, but the reality is it's not content. It's good content. It's relevant content. It is timely content. People are just doing three blogs, five blogs, five Twitter posts, two LinkedIn posts. Like that, that's not content. Good, relevant content is still the king. Not all content. Yeah, we want content with a purpose. Yes. Love it. Let's do another one, Kelly. Yes, let's spin that wheel again. <laughs> this time we have landed on number nine. Oh, Which going question number nine is what song or album do you currently have on repeat? Ooh. Ooh. All right. So I'm a big Toby Mac fan. I don't know if you guys listen to Toby Mac and if you know any of Toby Mac music is my fan favorite. One of the things he just talks about is life on fire. So we all have something on fire at any given time. So it reminds me of that. Very cool. Honestly, I don't think I've ever I've never 
heard of him. Are you? Check it out. Toby Mac. He's been there for a while. Yeah, I got to check it out. I mean, and I find myself like a big music person and I haven't heard of him. So that's going to go right on my Spotify very, very soon. Give it a shot. Yeah. All right, folks. That's all the time we have for those questions. Sangram, thank you so much for being a sport there. And yeah, with all of that said, that's our show for the week. Big thank you again to Sangram for joining us today and, and giving us a little sneak peek into his campfire at B2B SMX. So obviously, if this episode didn't make you want to buy a ticket, then I don't know what will. You really don't want to miss this event. Again, like I said, in the show notes, we have a link. We have a code. Get to it. And we really, really hope to see you there. That's a wrap on today's show. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And of course, connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter. And yeah, let us know if you're coming to B2B SMX. Let us know what else you want to see and hear on the pod and even at our events. So hopefully we'll connect soon. Thank you all again for joining us and we will catch you next week.